The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, just off of 6th Street, 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. You can check them out at downtownbarbershops.com. All kinds of haircuts. They do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts. You can get a military haircut, razor fade, mustache, and beard trims. They're also working on adding spa services, so be sure not to miss out on that. But I think the most important thing to say here is they give the best haircut. I've been getting my haircut here for several years now. Randall, the owner, the best haircut in town. He also brings his dog in every now and then. Blue. I love blue. Blue's a great dog. Check him out. 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater or give them a call at 405-269-8590 or check them on the web at downtownbarbershops.com. Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside the new co-host, Brian Murphy. Hey. What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I long, started. I long started time off. listener, first time caller. I started off the relationship the Oklahoma way mm-hmm, by bringing mm-hmm. Sonic. Yep. A little Sody Pop. Yep. Absolutely. Now, are you of the generation that you have to go to the backside of Sonic, or do you just pull into any spot? So, uh, I don't know. You remember Chris Batchelder? Used no. to, I think he was a part of the Alumni Association. Okay. Um, and he was a frequent. He was a frequent flyer here at Triple Play Sports. And he despises the front row of yes. Sonic. Yeah, so he's of the generation. Yeah, you have to go to the, the second. I park by the front door. Oh, yeah, like, either side. Like five mm-hmm. foot from the front door. I yep. don't care if it's on the, the entry or the exit. I'm right. parking by the front door. Gotcha. But now, I haven't gone to Sonic without ordering through the app. Oh, that's 100%. Oh, man. half okay. price drinks? Oh, all day. It's fantastic. Yes. Plus, you just show up and type in your little number, and mm-hmm. they bring your food out. Yep. Like, I made some old lady real mad. Uh, it was busy, busy. Uh, I pulled up next to her, and you could tell she was just frustrated, and they brought my food out, like, as I was pulling in. Oh, yeah. And I could hear her screaming. Yes. I do that at Great Clips all the time. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic. So My Great Clips is in Yukon. So Yeah, they don't have a Randall in, no. in Yukon. And no. I, don't, I, I will say, though, I would recommend... Driving from UConn. I will for do a that. Haircut. I will do that. You should come see Randall. Oh my God, dude! So he's treated uh, you right forever. I got He'll a, treat me right. I got a haircut Wednesday. Uh, it looks fantastic. Thanks. I wear a hat a lot. Kind I, of why I said it looks fantastic. It's really weird for me not to wear a hat, and I yeah. so I don't know why I get haircuts. <laughs> well, it makes a hat fit better. Yeah, that's then you'd true. have to account for all that hair. Well, and it's a, it's it's a sports thing. Mm-hmm. Because I feel, I, I legit feel awkward without wearing a hat. Yeah. Like I, I got my hair cut Wednesday and you put a bunch of product in it and I didn't wear a hat all day Wednesday and I felt really good, but I felt weird. Yeah. I felt like I'd left my keys at home like I right. did today. Oh, mm. awkward. It's been a bad day. So we got a lot to cover. A lot of spring football to talk. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah. So Marshall is no longer with us. Marshall's right. covering Michigan recruiting. Yeah. Really happy for him. Absolutely. I, I think Marshall. You're you're going to be seeing Marshall's name on national publications mm-hmm. probably within the next couple of years. Michigan kind of cares about their about Man, their recruiting. Not to say Oklahoma State doesn't. So Michigan people are legit crazy. They're insane. So he works for on three. Uh, and this, I want to say he's told, like, this is the, 
one of the newer websites on on three. Like I don't even think it's been up like a full year or two yeah. years, and they're already like the top grossing website on that network. Yeah, it's insane. They're they've they like they print their own magazine. It's wild. So Marshall, really happy for him. Super excited for him. I think I think Marshall's got some. Uh, Marshall's future is incredible. He's got right. big days ahead. Yeah, but I've I've been searching. Not that me and Marshall were like on the ball recording podcasts, um, but I've been searching. I found a co-host. Um, I think it'll I think it'll work out well. I think so. We we, uh, we talk on the phone. We call into my radio show. Yeah. You pay for Pokes Report. Absolutely. So why not? Absolutely. Uh, for those of you that uh, are going to listen to this tomorrow, uh, really excited. We're going to have Colin Oliver out of Bad Brads from four to five after the spring game. I like Vernon. Uh, he's a good guy. So he he helped come up with this. He's the the owner and proprietor of Bad Brad's over there uh, on East or West Six. Yeah. Delicious barbecue. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna so best the, French fries. Have you you get the best uh, French fries ever? Do you get the? Let's see what are they called? Uh, they're the they're loaded fries. I I can't remember what the name. No, of I get is. Like the exact same thing every time. I'm that guy. Uh-huh. Get the exact same thing. Pig platter every time. I get, slaw fries. They've got. I think it's called the Big Thunder. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's like it's like pulled pork, chicken, turkey, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So when they had first opened, uh-huh. we went out there for a couple friends. Mm-hmm. It was after it was after a baseball game last year, and they had just opened. place was, you know, kind of dead. I mean, mm-hmm. literally had just opened the doors. We were on the way to the game. That's yeah. what it was. Vernon was there, took us out to the smokers, mm-hmm. showed us around. He treated us right. I'll be it was, there tomorrow. It was really cool. I'll be on I'll be on location for Triple A afternoon sports drive. That's awesome. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, but we'll be out there from four to five. So the spring game or finale practice uh, from one to three. Uh, we moved. It was our availability or our, our event was at three. We moved it to four to allow people to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have Q and A with Colin. We're gonna have autographs. We're gonna have photos. Uh, you get thirty percent off your meal. So highly recommend coming out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and then that leads right into the baseball game. Right I was going to say, softball. that's perfect time to yeah. get out there, get a seat, get ready for Colin to come on out, get you something to eat, and then, uh, yeah, have that have that time with – dinner time with Colin. Yeah, I'm excited. I like Colin. We uh, we talked to him for the first time the other day. Uh, this, this kid is – I mean, we talked about it – was it on air? Or was that just a – or was it with you? No, it was with Levi. Um, we were, we were talking about his impact because you, Mm -hmm. if you can like, it was almost like trying to quantify is trace Ford or Colin Oliver, right? Because trace was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But when you look at what Colin did and who Colin had to compete with to get his numbers, I mean, Colin may be one of the best players to come through Oklahoma state. Oh Yeah. By the, I'm I'm not putting this on him, but by the time his career is over, he may be one of the best players ever mm-hmm. at this university. We'll get to this in a little bit, but Trace Ford, Colin Oliver, Brock Martin, Tyler Lacey, the meet you at the quarterback boys. Yeah, I, I, I like I've talked to Robert. I don't see how they aren't going to have at least one scheme where you've got all four of those guys, and you find a way to get Cody Walterscheid somewhere in there as well. Right. Because though I mean, I don't see how you can't. I don't see how you can keep all four of those guys off the field at once. Like you're going to operate as you'll have, you know, you'll have Xavier Benson, you'll have Mason Cobb, mm-hmm. but then you move either Colin or Trace to a hybrid call or a Calvin Bundage role. 
because you can't you can't justify not having those guys on the field right. more than half the snaps. Well, it's like the how the Broncos would have Bradley Chubb on one side and you've got Von Miller on the other. Yeah. There's meet you at the quarterback. Hard pass, you know. Hard pass on. I, no thanks. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of why they pay those left tackles. Well, and then you look at it, you know, and you've and your interior. You'll have Sione on C coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. now you're losing Israel Antoine. That's a big loss. Oh yeah, um, Jaden Jernigan. R- yeah, I I was, I'm not certainly mm-hmm. as deep on the inside. I was shocked that he didn't come back. Honestly, I, I was Israel. Yeah. If he would have came back, and you look at how good that defensive line. I mean, how it, how good it already is. If if Israel had decided to come back, I I would I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find five better defensive line. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say you'd they have to would go to the be SEC for sure. Best, yeah. But you got you know Siani Asi in the middle. You've got um, and now I'm drawing uh, Brendan Evers in the middle. Yeah, Evers is back. And you've got all your edges. You've got Samuel is coming back. Sam, yep. I mean Nathan Latou. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how he progresses because he mm-hmm. didn't do much last year. But that's the JUCO to the D1 progression, you know, that defense. At some point, Xavier Ross has to. He looks good. Yeah. Uh, he's not as bulky as you would think he is. He's he's a, he's like a, a trim yeah. athletic. But I'm, I'm excited to see him get into the mix. I, I think Sione Asi mm-hmm. is is due to, like, really break out. And it's, it's funny because uh, did you did you do any deep research the past couple days? Not lead, Not for this. Um, but with Vincent Taylor, with him signing with Atlanta. I saw that. So I talked about it yesterday, or it'd be Wednesday, uh, on my radio show. So Vincent Taylor was the is is so far the only player during Mike Gundy's tenure to have the the numbers that he's had as an interior defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because Ogbo was outside. Yeah, and yeah. me and Tom were talking about it, Tom Dorado. And we both kind of came to the conclusion that he, uh, Vincent Taylor, might be one of the most like overlooked, undervalued defensive tackles in program history, at least recently. Because best field goal blocker I've ever seen. Yeah, because when you look at so during Gundy's time, his first year he had forty-eight total tackles and five sacks as an interior tackle. Right. His next year he had fifty-one tackles and seven sacks, and the next closest to come to that is a name that you kind of forget about as well, but. DQ Osborne. Right. Because DQ came from JUCO. He was Baylor. Was gonna, he committed to Michigan out of JUCO. Yeah. And so his first year he struggled, but his next year was that 17 season. If DQ would have had another year, he'd have been a nightmare. The numbers you just read off are what Brock Martin just did this last year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as, and, as an interior tackle. Yes. So I, I think that I, I'm not going to sit here and predict there's going to be a, an interior tackle that's going to put up 51 total tackles this year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think with the, with the combination of the outsides and you look at, I, I think Xavier Benson is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And I think Mason Cobb, if he, if he fits into that role, I think Mason's going to be really yeah. good. So now, I'm always a sucker for scheme yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Always a sucker sure. for it. When you've got the four that we just talked about Absolutely. on the outside, including Tyler, Tyler Lacey, who's, a big boy. He's inside, outside. Yeah. I can see got them those shifting four. him more inside. I can see it. You almost need those guys on the inside. You're you're in run-stop mode all the time. Absolutely. And that played out really well and very um, efficient last year. That your outside guys are pure rush. Your inside guys are just blocking the run. Not mm-hmm. letting holes open up. 
And Evers is amazing at that. Getting uh, getting Brennan Evers and Brock Martin back may have been two of the bigger gets mm-hmm. for this team. Yeah. It's insane. People don't talk about that in a recruiting class, but I guarantee that. I mean, I'm not saying they, they had to put a spin, hey, uh, you know, we're better than the NFL, but you do have to work to talk those guys into coming back that the NFL is nipping at them. You know how many rushing yards that defense allowed this past year? Not many. <laughs> 87. 87 yards. That's and insane. I, I, you're losing the loss of Malcolm and the loss of Devin. That's that's big. It is. That's that's massive. Yes. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that their run stoppage is going to be better than they were last year, but I'll just say I don't think I would be shocked if it was something close to. 90, 95. I, I think it'll be under 100 yards a game. I, I think I think this defense will allow less than 100 a game. I think if you're there, if you're at 95, you're still a 10-win team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So th- they lost, and and you don't say this too much about off or defenses, they lost their top four tacklers via graduation right. and transfer. And then... Six of the top eight. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they, that's a lot, a lot to fill. They've lost a lot. But but you get to fill it with a guy named Trace Ford. The depth. The, that's I think that's the most important thing to hit on. Because I, I don't want to... I've, I've tried to make a pretty good effort throughout the spring to not hype up the, the backups as much as maybe in previous years. Sure. But when you look at who's coming back, right? I mean, you, you lose Malcolm, 123 tackles. You're losing Devin Harper. That's 96 tackles. You're losing Colby Harvell Peel, 67. You lost Jark to transfer. That's 48. But you're getting back Jason Taylor, who had 48. And that's it's when I, I've heard the conversation. Well, they didn't have that many tackles. You know, Jason only had 48 tackles. You know, Tanner McAllister, or you look at let's see who's a let's see Jabbar Muhammad only had 23 tackles. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, that's sure. fair. That's fair. Sure. But, but when you look at who. Uh, when you look at who Jabbar Muhammad plays behind, when you look at, well, he's behind Christian Holmes, who Christian Holmes made himself into an NFL Christian corner. Holmes made some money. Absolutely. Made some money last when, year. When you look at the backup safeties, you know, you look at Thomas Harper. Well, he only had 20 tackles. Okay, well, he played behind Tanner McAllister. He played behind Colby Harvell Peel. So, and usually he was a he was a slot. He was covering the slot guy. Yeah. So I, the, the depth that these guys have, the youth, um, you look. I, I think Kendall Daniels. You'll see a more, a, no, a more prominent role for from Kendall. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be the next, you know, Colby Harvell Peel or you know the next Trey Flowers or anything like that. But I, I think, given experience, I think Kendall is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm really excited to see where, uh, where Thomas Harper progresses to. You know, with a more prominent role, you look at Jason Taylor. I I think Jason Taylor could easily. And what is he? What did he have last year? Uh, Forty eight tackles. I I could see Jason replacing Colby Harvell Peel. I I could, I could see that Jason was. If you go back to last year, he was at the ball almost every single play. He ball may not hawk. have been making the tackle, yeah. but he was at the ball every single play. There he, was a there was a guy that was here. Mid oh early 2010s, mm-hmm. Markel Martin. Yeah, absolutely reminds me so much of him. Uh, probably doesn't 
hit as hard as Markel. I don't know if he's not many you know people. you know no. Um, but oh, he's that guy that is always around the ball when there's a scrum of uh, you know a, a posse of cowboys making the Jason Taylor's in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm excited. and Demarco Jones too is is going to be in I'm, the mix. I'm looking forward to seeing what Demarco can do because he's been a he's been a a, a depth player uh, and yeah. You're going to see a lot of guys like that because when you look at when you look at corners and you look at safeties the past two three seasons, there's been some really good guys back there. Um, yeah, my friends and I always joke that Corey Corey Black to this point is the best at getting away with pass interference we've ever seen. Did it twice. Corey Black, <laughs> I I think Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad have a chance before before their time in Stillwater is done. I mean, you look at you look at how solid they were last year. I think Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad have a chance to be two of the better corners we've seen come through Oklahoma State, and that's that's talking AJ Green, who's playing in the NFL. That's talking Radarius Williams, who I I'll, I still apologize to this day every time I bring up Radarius Williams because I remember I was sitting at a sandwich shop with my folks on was it New Year's Day? I think when when uh. Rodarius, my God. Yeah. Uh, when right. Rodarius put out his tweets that I'm coming back for another year, I yep. remember I took a bite of my sandwich and I got that <laughs> ding and I was like, yeah, you didn't need to put this out, Rodarius. We all knew you were coming back. Like, right. you, and I'll be damned. I mean, he turned himself into one of the best corners in college yeah. football. So I, I apologize, uh, just like I apologize for questioning bringing in Jalen Warren. But it's beautiful whenever somebody comes back. Oh, Rodarius Williams so did good. Rodarius Williams does that and then makes some money. Goes oh, yeah. to the Giants, right? Giants. Had, had he not gotten hurt this year, I think he would have – well, the Giants are awful, so it's not saying too much. But had he not hurt his knee, I think he would have been a starter by the end of the year. I agree. I mean, he was coming, He was playing yeah. in the – he was playing with the ones in the third preseason game last year. Yeah. And, you know. And he was making plays before he got hurt. And Christian Holmes goes right along that. Oh, and I'm so You proud know the coaches Holmes. use that with other – you know – Next year, say Jabbar Muhammad goes off and has has a great year. Yeah, come back one more and we'll see where you're at. See where you're at. Yeah, I've, I've heard that Jabbar has the the type ability to be a shutdown guy that yeah. Jericho was last year. They're good. Where it was, you know, and, and I'm not going to put him in this breath, but the the scheme, the philosophy is that side of the field is shut down. Mm-hmm. You're not throwing over there, so go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and that's that's something you know. On our show, there's people that are like, well, I don't know why you talk about, you know, Christian Holmes being so good. I didn't really hear his name all that much last year. Okay? That's, they, a, that's a good thing. Threw it the other way. When we're, when we're talking yeah. corners and you don't hear corners being talked about, yeah, that's because that corner had a really good year. Well, and the guy on the other side of the uh, Rodarius Williams was A.J. Brown at that time, and mm-hmm. you heard that name a lot yeah. whenever, you know, on broadcasts because they were picking on him. Yeah. A lot, yeah. but then he came back. Same same type thing. He came back, made some money. AJ is a kid that I I think AJ really came along because I remember well him and Rodarius both. I mean, go back to the. Do you remember the first play that sticks out in your mind when you think of Rodarius Williams? I think it was TCU. I think I it was. See that? I, I think it was TCU. Yeah. It was a punt. Okay. And it was he gets a penalty, and then he fumbles the punt to give them the ball back. And that was like the first real play. And he wasn't even, I think it was Dylan Stoner was the returner. Right. But it was a short punt that bounced back, and he was going to scoop it. Right. So I think he got a hold call, and then he tried to scoop it, but he bobbled it. That's a lot of running the next day, I bet. Yeah. 
That's a lot of Rob Glass. That was my that's my first yep. uh, that's my first thought when I think mm-hmm. of Radarius. And then he turned himself into an absolute shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State with what Jim Knowles did and the progression that I'm really excited to see the progression between mm-hmm. Knowles and Derek Mason because I think that I mean obviously you know Mason played defensive back in college so he so he has that mindset when when Knowles when it was I was at Glow Salon when it came out that he was going to leave I'm oh man this is awful it was the end of the world for so right. many people right well the further you kind of got along it was well that wasn't Jim Knowles's defense Jim Knowles took you know, he he brought in defense, like he helped build it. Sure. But it wasn't his defense. It was a little bit of Tim Duffy, a little bit of Dan mm-hmm. Hammerschmidt, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So when Derek Mason comes in, Mike Gundy's like, we've kept, you know, I, I want to say it's like 80, 85% of the defense is the same as it was last right. year. We're talking schemes. Mm-hmm. We're talking we're talking play calls. We're talking everything is, is virtually the same. And – while you're losing really good talent, I, I think this defense has a chance to do, uh, I, I don't want to say be better than they were or as good as they were because this defense was really, really good. I think this defense could be comparable to yeah. not last year's but 2020's defense, which was still really good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I could last year being, was... Oh, I, if they're as good as magical. they are last year, oh my God. Well... It, just how magical was it? I mean, have how you ever have you ever heard it? have you ever heard of a team not giving up a second half touchdown in seven of the fourteen games they played? No. So if you go back, take it all the way back mm-hmm. at Boise, no points in the second half granted either team. Still. I was there. That was fun. Mm. Oh, that was a great trip. Well, and you think about where Oklahoma State was up to that point. I mean, I you a lot of people are like, man, you're gonna get beat by Missouri State. Man, you're going to get beat by Tulsa. So when you get to that Boise State game, you're thinking yeah. this is going to be one of the longer seasons we've had. Well, yeah, and and at halftime, and then into the third quarter, nobody scored. You know, obviously, you don't see another scoreless, and then you walk out of there. Yeah. I mean, I remember looking at the faces of the fans there in Boise, and they were just shocked. I yeah. mean, they were so nice. I love Boise State fan, by the way. It's Boise, Boise, but Boise. Um, they were shocked. I mean, they were very congratulatory. Well, we were only like the. 11th no like from i think it's single digits from like the early 2000s or something yes but they, but before that yeah it's insane no. so you got at boise no points kansas state here or i'm sorry yes kansas state here mm-hmm. seven points that was on one play yeah that was, that was it that was a hell of a play too it was a heck of a play baylor no points in the first half mm-hmm. we'll come back to that no points in the first half against Baylor. At Texas, seven points early in the third quarter, none in the fourth. Kansas, three points all game. Um, at West Virginia, this is when it starts getting silly. This is when it got silly. Yeah. At West Virginia, no points. Uh, they were they held West Virginia scoreless the second, third, and fourth quarter. Home against TCU, 14 points in the second half. All on the It was 49-3 to virtually, when they started scoring touchdowns. Vir- virtually third string. Third string it, it and was. walk-ons. It was. Uh, they, there was a couple guys that got out of the student section, yeah. brought them in. I, saw, I thought I saw you down there warming up. It was. It was me. Mm-hmm. I was going to – if Gunner got hurt on that little keeper – That was it. I was in. Ah, but yeah, I know. Bummer. So, at, at Texas Tech, shutout. Yeah. Against Oklahoma versus the defense, no points. Yeah. It was a, it was a safety and a fumble recovery is, is all they got. Mm. We won that. Oh, you still sucks. Um, Big 12 championship. No points in the second half. 
Notre Dame, seven points against a prevent defense up 37 to 28 with two yeah. minutes left, three yeah. minutes left. That's psychotic. Yeah. And I have to think that if, uh, you know, any defensive coordinator is coming in and, and sees the opening here and goes, okay, what kind of shoes am I filling here? Yeah. And starts doing any kind of this research, holy crap. You know, and it, it has that feel a little bit of the Dana Holgerson to Monken mm-hmm. transition where Holgerson built the built built a, a foundation, built a culture of attacking, built a culture of, you know, wide open, full throttle, not going to sign a contract, living in a hotel offense. And then Monken comes in, people go, well, the whole world changed. We've got this new guy that's coming in from outside the program. They didn't give it to whoever, you know, uh, whoever wanted the the job. I don't remember who it was that wanted the job that was within the, uh, um, within the program mm-hmm. at the time. Same sort of storylines. Monken comes in, takes it beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. Am, I, am I saying Derek Mason can go better than that? I don't know, right? But he's got a tall task ahead of him. But he has the players as we just as we just went through thirty of them. We probably used thirty names. He's got he's got ballers. He's got yeah. players. Well, and when you look through when you look through recruiting the past three or four seasons, they've gotten guys that are really good. They got dudes. Yeah, like when you when you look at Corey Black, when you look at Jabbar Muhammad, Jabbar Muhammad had eight tackles in the Notre Dame game. Yeah. He was he yeah. was third on the team. You look at Corey Black, he was he only had three, but I mean so did Brock Martin, so did so did Jark Bernard. You know, so I mean those guys and are Corey Black got away with another pass interference there. Thank you. I'm telling you, he's the greatest you've ever seen. <laughs> Corey Black has a chance to do something pretty spectacular this year. And I think it's I think it's absolutely uh making offenses incredibly angry at the fact that he's gonna get away with some stuff. Oh, and yeah. that's what you want in a You've defense. You got to be sneaky. If, if you can if you have someone that is is getting, you know, talked crap on all season long because of the holds they get away with, the pass interferences they get away with, you don't think that referees are watching them because I mean they know their storylines. Like if someone has a propensity for jumping off sides, guess what? They're going to get clued in on a little bit more. And if you can still get away with with jumping a little bit early like they did in the Bedlam game, you're pretty good. Yeah. And especially if you get especially if you're able to get away with it on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the refs are crooked. I'm just saying that that guy is good enough that he can get away with a split second too soon or a hold a split second before the ref looks his way. So yeah, yeah I I think the the depth and, and I'm I'm excited about some of these younger guys. When you when you start talking about, you know, guys like DeKelvion Beeman, DeKelvion Beeman has a chance. To to I, he probably should have went to like an SEC school. I, I think they got away with stealing a, a Tekelvion beat. <laughs> so hey, we're gonna quickly move on before they uh, catch on to us. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to. We don't need to transfer portal pay these kids. Okay? So do you have do you have a timer of how long? Yeah, we've been how long? Twenty six minutes. Twenty six minutes. Did you in twenty any time in the twenty tens think that you would lead off a uh, discussion of OSU football upcoming with twenty six minutes of defense talk? I, is that high on your radar? I am 30 years old. I yep. turned 31 in July. Born in 91. Brian, at no point in my life. Right. Maybe 2012 did I anticipate wanting to spend the first 25 minutes talking about OSU defense. Happily. In a positive note. So, 
I think a lot of this mm-hmm. has come from when Gundy changed up the scholarship numbers. 100%. Moved them over. F- moved them over. Yeah, absolutely. And said, offense is going to roll. We're in that part of the country where we can get dudes from Dallas yeah. that can run offense. Now let's let's add some. Let's add what is depth. it like? Uh, four, uh, like an extra three to five, I, th- I, th- I think, it, it a is. year. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So what you're doing there is you're getting – you're not just getting more numbers. You're adding depth there. Mm-hmm. The longer a guy can be here under Rob Glass, by the time he gets in, he's golden. Well, your, I, your body is ready for it. How many times have you heard Mike Gundy afterwards, after a thing, after a game, say, "We were in better shape than them. We were in uh, every, better physical." Almost. Well, the Texas game for sure. Oh that, yeah. Like that was yeah. that was one of the first things he said. And then all the it seems like every time in. Um, so all the September games, yeah. you know, the heat, well, we, we dealt with the heat better. And getting those guys in, now we're starting to get them in early. Now we're starting to get more and more in January. I think in the last two years, I think you sent me, that that's at least 25. Mm-hmm. I didn't count. It's at least 25 guys who, who have gotten here early. Six of them are transfer. But the amount of guys who are skipping high school prom, they probably go back, let's be honest, because now you've got a Rob Glass body. But – the amount of guys who are saying, to heck with senior year high school, I want to start getting my body right for mm-hmm. spring. I mean, if you just look at the guys who came in last year, yeah, Nick Martin, John Paul Richardson, Colin Oliver, stop, stop me whenever you hear a guy that didn't play. Uh, Colin Oliver, Jaden Bray, he was, I think he was big in game one. Yeah, uh, Blaine and Bryson Green, Silas Barr, he flip-flopped back and forth between O-line and Cowboy back. Uh, that's talent, dude. Oof. Yeah. Uh, he's back on O line, isn't he, Silas? Maybe. Uh, that's one I don't know. I'll, I'll uh, find it for you though. Ty Williams and Lyric Rawls. Then you've got I, I don't know if you've heard of this JUCO transfer, Jalen Warren. Slightly. Yeah, he he came in. Nathan Latou, Danny Godlewski, and Caleb Etienne. Caleb had taken a year off for COVID. Year year and a half. Close to two, I think. Close to two. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing he was sore after that first Rob Glass workout, but. And, and that's, you know, all of those guys who came in early got on the field as freshmen. And you you don't see that typically. Whenever I see that a, a guy has committed to the University of Oklahoma State University, that he's going to sign in, in January or even used to be February, I always wanted to know, is he coming in early? Because rarely do you even see a JUCO guy come in in the summer and get on the field. Yeah. It's, it's rare. Uh, Silas, I believe, is back at O-line. Awesome. And, yeah. They need it. Yeah. <laughs> they need it. Yeah. You know, when we look at it, um, I, I think that Ty Williams and Lyric Rawls are going to get better. You know, I think those are guys that have really benefited. But, I mean, you know, Marshall, you know, he was like, dude, just wait. John Paul Richardson, he will make plays. And I'm like, yes. maybe. But it, it's not a knock on him. It's But just look at the depth. I mean, I just don't know if he's going to get on the field. I mean, he was good, and he's going to be even better. Jaden Bray, that was his third year playing football, ever. Not at Oklahoma State, but yeah. ever playing football. That's insane. You look at how good the the Green Twins are. They had, you know, they moved one to Cowboy back. They built that with injuries. But I, I mean, you look at Colin Oliver. I think Colin would have played had he showed up in June, 
there's no way Colin makes the impact that he does if he shows up in June compared right. to this. And you look at this year, you know, the the early transfers or the early enrollees, Ollie Gordon. Ferdy's okay. Ollie has a chance. And I'm I've tempered it. I've tempered my yes. expectations. I've tempered what I've said on the radio. I've tempered what yep. I've written. I I think Ollie Gordon has a chance to be a starting running back by the end of the year. Yeah. Ollie for the men that are out there on that field, Ollie dwarfs a few of them. Right. He's insane. Talon Chetron has had an incredible spring. And I'm tempering everything because you don't know nothing after right. spring football. But Talon looks like a collegiate receiver. Uh, Dylan McKinney, I think Dylan has a, a bright future ahead of himself. Was he – he was one of the fastest in the whole class, wasn't uh, he? Yeah, he was – let me see. I've got his – I mean, you can't really – from from going into his senior year to now, it's kind of kind of a little different. But he ran a he ran a forty five second hundred meter. He was the third the third leg. Um, a one a one and a half minute two hundred meter, and then a three and a half minute four hundred. He is yeah he is a he is a zoomer. So um, so you got D, uh, you got Dylan McKinney. Uh, Tabri Shetron, I'll be really, that's an interesting one for me. I'm really curious to see how Tabri develops as a football mm-hmm. player. Cause he's another one of those hasn't played a lot. He's a big receiver. He's a, like a Marcel Aitman type receiver. They got him at cowboy back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Rangel has a cannon. Yeah. I'm, I, I, he'll, and, and what's smart, what's cool about him is his parents and him, they, they understand like, it's like, we know that we're like, we aren't expecting to come in being, Day one, this is our position. We're leaving if we don't get it. That's rare. So Garrett, Garrett will develop in this system. I think I think Garrett can be good because he has a cannon for an arm. Uh, C.J. Brown looks good. Gabe Brown, I saw Gabe at uh, at a local Mexican restaurant here. Gabe's a big kid. I, I watched yep. him a lot in high school, but Gabe is a thick kid. He is a good looking kid. Uh, Landon Dean, you got Xavier Benson. I think Xavier Benson will be an uh, immediate day one impact player. When you get to September 1 against Central Michigan, I know, I'm sorry. When you get to that game, Xavier Benson will be a day one impact. Uh, Tyrone Weber kind of got off to a bit of a rough start. Excuse me, you put pads on Tyrone Weber, the kid turned into an absolute nightmare. Turned really? into an animal and was mauling people left and right. So Tyrone Weber has, a, if, if, knock on wood, if Tyrone Weber stays healthy, and that's not, I'm not saying that he, he has a, a propensity of getting injured. I'm just saying that he's an Oklahoma State yep. offensive lineman. <laughs> All right. So if he can stay healthy, I think Tyrone can be good. But if you go through that, I mean, Ollie's going to play this year. Talon's going to play this year. Um, I The depth, I don't know if you're going to get to see any of the other incoming freshmen just mm-hmm. because of depth. But you'll see Xavier Benson and you'll see Tyrone Weber. I mean, there's four of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Four out of eleven are most likely going to play significant snaps their first year on campus now two of those are juco players but i think what's important and you might have heard me say this juco there's always i want to say always usually there's a one-year transition period from Mm -hmm. juco to division one at least for juco players that oklahoma state have gotten in the past right xavier benson and tyrone weber have a chance to be day one impact players these are players that typically go to you know, your bigger programs that make impacts. Well, Xavier o- Benson's already been D1. Absolutely. Yeah. Oklahoma State is starting to get those year one impact players. So I think that's incredibly important. Yes. And 
the good thing about you know this is the short list of guys that even even in the in the blowout games mm-hmm. they're in in the third quarter. Yeah, you know the, these are which usually translates into playing a lot next. What is that? Twenty three. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do a few podcasts between now and then, so we'll talk about them. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope we get more. No, I, yeah, I, I I've tried to. I feel like I've done a good job over the past month, month and a half of, of not hyping players that haven't played a lot up, you know? Uh, like, if, if they played last year, like, I, I have no problem. I don't want to say hyping up, but I got no problem talking up Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad. Right. Because we saw what they could do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that they are a one-for-one replacement for Jarek or Christian Holmes. But they showed that they have what it takes at this level. Well, and you have to have guys like that as your three and four, number three and four mm-hmm. corner behind Jarek, Christian, behind those guys yeah. to have the kind of defense you had. Because as soon as these guys aren't going to play 100% of the plays, Jabbar and, and Corey are not going to mm-hmm. play 100% of the plays. You cannot do it deep routes. You can't do it deep posts, all that. So who comes in behind them is. Because it only takes one play to score, Kansas State. Yeah. Only takes one play. So if that guy leaves, the guy who comes in behind it, behind him, can't cover, we're in trouble. You know. Cause then you just run until that you just run that guy down the field until he leaves the field and then pick on that side. Yeah, I'll be curious. I, I think that uh I'm curious to see how Jordan Reagan steps up. You know, he's a he's a redshirt sophomore out of Bigsby. Uh, to Kelvion Beeman again, I, I'm excited. He's a redshirt freshman, so he's had a he's had a year in the system. I'm, I'll be curious to see how much you see of him. Uh, you mentioned Demarco Jones, uh, Deshaun Buckner has has come along. I, I you know Kale Smith. So they, I mean, they have guys, but it's they're a lot of young guys now. Obviously, yeah. you know Jabbar's a, a junior, Corey Black's a junior, but once you get past that, you've got I think one redshirt sophomore and some redshirt freshmen. So. Uh, you're gonna have to. You'll have guys that'll step up, but oh, and then uh, Demarco Jones. He's a he's a redshirt junior, so um, and he's never really had a chance. You know, he's been injured a little bit, and obviously you play behind some some pretty good corners. So, and and that's you're starting to get that more and more. You're starting to get you know corners that are playing as juniors and as redshirt juniors because Oklahoma State has had long stay corners that have have been successful. You don't have to have a four year starter mm-hmm. replace him with a four. You know, then starters Absolutely. as freshmen. And, and last year, what helped that team do so well on defense was the offense complemented it. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't going out there, and as much as people sat in the stands um, over in – I'm over in Section 224, shout out to my whole section. Um, as many times as you're screaming up there at Casey, run the ball, you know, pass the ball, it's always opposite of whatever just happened because, you know, you're punting. And so that guy who played Madden last week, he knows better than, than oh, the offensive coordinator. Of course. But – you know, Jalen running, all these guys running as as effectively as they did keeps the, the number of plays yeah. down. That's less times that you have to substitute, put your twos in there. Now, getting depth is awesome, and, and being able to do that is great, but also this offense and Spencer running it as efficiently as he did last year, which to go back to, uh, you know, how to get to become a 10-win team every year, I think this upcoming year, Spencer needs even even higher completion percentage than he was last year. He was sixty two. That has to go up. How many was it? Seventeen. How many sacks did he have? I think it was like seventeen. 
or something like something that. Something like that. With, yeah. with what Spencer did last year, and there's a lot of people, like, I, I understand some of the, the frustrations when it comes to Spencer. 17 total, so some of that could have been Shane. And it, and it was know. one of, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think, was it not? I think okay. most of those are Spencer. Okay. And because of that, well, there may have been a few like in game one. Right. Like against Missouri State when Spencer was out. Right. But it, that was one of the fewest totals in the country, and that's not because Oklahoma State had a great offensive line. They had a decent offensive line. They yeah. were okay at times. But Spencer, he's the reason that there were only 17 sacks. Mm-hmm. And the people that want to argue, well, we don't need Spencer in the game. They pull Spencer. We, why can't we have Shane Illingworth? Well, let me tell you, because if Shane Illingworth were in that Big 12 championship game, Shane would have been sacked at least nine times. Yep. At the very mm-hmm. least. And I love Shane. I, I think that, was it Utah State? Is that where he went? Utah, Utah State, something like that? I think so. I think he'll be successful. All I, I, can, all I can hear is Bob Stoops going, Utah State. Yeah. So I, I think that, I like I like Shane. I think he'll be good. Oklahoma State's not 12-2 and two with Shane Illingworth on the field. No. Spencer single-handedly won some of those games based on the fact that Obviously, you got the defense. I'm not. I'm not stupid enough to say that Spencer. Like, well, I guess I should. I mis. I misworded it. The defense was spectacular. The defense won a majority of the games for Oklahoma State. Now you need points, but mm-hmm. Spencer was one of the main reasons that offense was successful because of all the times he's able to get away, just his escapability. And when you look at the progression that Spencer made from sophomore to junior, and then junior to last year, and then. Covid's and red shirts. I don't know where we're right. at, but from year two to year three, and then from year three to year four, I I, I think Spencer has a chance to be even better. Yeah. than he was last year, and th- and that's where I say just that percentage to me needs needs to go up. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not dogging on him. Absolutely not. Um, I love the fact that he can use those legs to get out of mm-hmm. those those situations, yeah. those tricky situations. He's getting smarter with. Ball control. Well, all the throwaways even, he had. Yes. Woo. Yes. But with the with the depth of receiver that we have over there, and I know you're going to get to Langston Anderson here in a little bit. I see you smiling. So, with that type, we don't have to be a throw it up down the sideline, fade route type of offense. You can run plays that get John Paul Richardson open the middle, over the middle, like they did on the last drive against Baylor. And Notre Dame. And Tech. And Tech. Yeah. You can run those type plays. Hammering on those makes them one-on-one on the outside. I'm always a sucker for scheme. But you can – and then now we've got them trying to figure out all that. Mm-hmm. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Jaden. Hello, Dominic. I'm really Have looking – I'm really looking forward to seeing how the pass game helps the run game this year because you don't have a Jalen Warren. You know how is how is Dominic Richardson gonna step up and be the guy? Yeah. Are we gonna see Jaden Nixon take a, a a more assertive role in that offense? Where's Ollie Gordon fit in? But when you look at when you look at your Jaden Brays, your John Paul, like you don't have a Tay Martin. Right? Tay was Tay was another one of those players that came back and made himself a little mm-hmm. bit. Now, I don't think I don't think Tay's gonna get drafted, but Tay made some money. I th- I think Tay will make a pra- at least a practice squad. So, Agree. So Tay made money. But when you look at guys like, you know, the Green Twins, if they stay healthy, you look at a guy like Langston Anderson. If Langston stays healthy, and I, I, I get that these are one-on-one drills, I get, or I, I get that he's just a quarterback receiver drill, and he's not going up against a defender, all right? 
I get that it's spring game and that it's just it's it's practice and he's not worried about getting hit because he's just running position drills. But Langston Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, looks really good. He's healthy right now, knock on wood. Hope he stays that way. He's fast, he's strong. Some of the the ways he can contort himself in the air on some of those deep passes. If Langston, and I've said this on my show, and I'll say it here because I truly believe it, if Langston stays healthy, Langston could be a Bolitnikoff-type candidate. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying that he's going to be the best receiver in college football. But when those can when those candidate lists starts to come out, the you know there's our initial Bolitnikoff receivers. You know, yeah. Langston will be on that list if he stays healthy. Well, it's insane. You, if you want, even if you wanted to pull back just a little bit from Bolitnikoff, that that's top three. Mm-hmm. You know, in the nation, if you wanted to say uh, a Big Twelve, all you know, all Big Twelve team type yeah, of guy, I, I think he could be first team. Yeah. I, like, a stretch second team. I, right. Langston looks really good. But in the Big 12, you're still putting up really good numbers, well, if I, it, even I, if you're on the second team. If you're a first-team All-Big 12 wide receiver, you're going to be a Bolitnikoff. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's going to yeah. be a finalist. I just think that if he's healthy, he could be a candidate. Mm-hmm. And he could play his way. I, I think I said it on the show, and I don't, I'm don't. i not afraid to say it again. If he's healthy, he is a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. Like, he looks really, really good. Now, Breaks his foot in warm-ups in the opening Well, game. Robert's going to take care of that this year. Yeah. He's going to a little papoose or something and just kind of <laughs> tote him around. Langston looks the part, okay? I'm, I'm yeah. not uh, – this isn't a stretch. This isn't me saying Ollie Gordon is going to be the number one back. This is me saying Langston Anderson looks really good. I mean, if you go back and watch his film in high school, he could do that at this level if he stays healthy. Yeah. I think Talon Shetron – Talon is going to have a – I think Talon's going to have a shot to, to – kind of be a Jaden Bray last year. Yeah. I, I think Talon, I mean, he's, what, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I mean, Talon looks really good. Yeah. I think he, and he looks like a college receiver. So I think you're, you know, across the depth chart. I mean, Brandon Presley, you got J.P. Richardson, you got the Green Twins. Um, and I know I'm forgetting because there's just so many. But Rashad Owens. Rashad Owens. Dude can play. I, I'll tell you, I'm I'm never worried about receivers. Yeah. I don't want to hear, well, Casey Dunn. This, Unless you Casey go to Boise and you only have your tops or your, you know, seven. The Texas seven. game was the first time in two years that Casey Dunn had the same starting offensive. Isn't that unit. wild? The Texas game last year. And yet everybody in the stands knows they can do offensive coordinator better than Casey Dunn. Now, I'm not foolish enough to say that Casey Dunn was perfect last year. Oh, there were some not. frustrating oh, moments. Yes, but every coach, if you're in a new role, even if it's your second year, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be situations where you're like, you know, this run play up the middle worked last time. I've I've watched their linebackers and they drift a little bit. They're not. They don't really pay attention to this gap or that gap. I know it's third and six, but Jalen has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Let's send him up the middle where the, the linebackers have been drifting away from. Guess what? It's probably not going to work, but it looks like it could work. I, that's a frustrating situation. I'm not going to question the man. He makes like $900,000 a year. He's one of the best offensive minds in the country. He's spectacular. A couple of bad plays, but guess what? People dogged on Mike Yersich, and I love Mike Yersich. Yeah. I, there's people that would take Mike Yersich any day of the week. And that's not saying like over Casey Dunn, but there's people that, you know, just bitched and moaned and complained yeah. about Mike Yersich, and he's only had stops he, at some of the most impressive universities. Right. Well, Yersich had had uh, had that the, the different personality than what we had had from Fedora to Holgerson to Monken. Sure. You don't put 
uh, Yursic in that room with them and expect them all to just, you know, gel. He's 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 the odd man out. He's different. Yeah. And, you know, I think he got off to the bad start because uh, one of the blogs around here found him doing Legos. You know, how much money my wife and I spend on Legos? Legos are cool. A lot of money on Legos. Just Legos are cool. Yeah, I love me a good. I love but me a good Lego set. Back to the back to you know that third and six. If you get the first down, everybody you're, says you're a genius. What a what a play. You, you know, even if the guy trips up on the four. But here's the thing, though: if it's third and six and you get that first down, they're not going to talk about it. No, because it's expected. Right. Well, they got the first down. Okay. Cool. Or somebody goes, "Whoa, gutsy," you mm-hmm. know. But if you draw up the perfect play, the absolute perfect play, guy wide open. And you overshoot him on third and six, you're still yeah. punting. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, and coaches always say this, coach, you know, players players win the game. Players win and lose the games because, well, they always try to say the coaches lose the game because they bring it back on them. That's nice. But the players go out there and have to make the plays, right? And so on that third and six, if your right guard misses his block, it looks horrible and the place is booing because – Ten guys did their job and one didn't, but nobody in the stands knows that. Yep. You know, and so the the guy up top who with the window closed probably gets the catches the brunt of that. Yeah. He'll he'll step on stage after the game and you know, Casey, there's a third and sixth play, you know, uh so such and such missed his block and yeah. that was a, a did you think about throwing the ball there? No. Because right. that right guard usually makes that block. Yeah. So So that in that that running back room, probably probably the most talented. For sure. But unproven running back room we've had 100 we are we're returning 374 yards rushing 63 of those were on one play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're you're bringing back 300 and 310 yards rushing and going yep we're going to compete that that's going to take coaching well and that's the- going to take spencer being being more accurate with the with the pat opening up the run game Via the pass, and depending on, I, I assume you got your, I assume you got your stats from Oklahoma State. Yes. That, okay, so let me check because they may be a little bit higher. Because I was looking for stats for Dom the other day, and I know that on, let's see, somewhere on Dom's stat sheet, they don't have the TCU game listed, mm. and it's and it's through OSU. Yeah, yep. so so yeah, if, that, I gotta so, be honest. so if you look at his individual stats, like you go to his you go to his player page right. and mm-hmm. you go to his individual stats, they don't have TCU listed. Right. But he was the okay. primary back for that game. Right. Yeah. My but, my stats are the big PDF that you click on stats. But if <laughs> but if you think about it, it's not let me see. I'll click on the TCU game and I'll tell you. Uh box. Yeah, because he had a little over a hundred yards, I think. Okay. So if anything Okay, so add add 134 yards to that list. So less than 500 yards. We're still under 500, yeah. Less than 500. Because that was the game Jalen got kneed in the chest. But what we've seen from the guys who are coming back, you've seen Dominic Richardson run. You've seen him dominate games. Yeah. You've seen seen how smooth, and and you and I have loved him since he signed Jaden Nixon, how smooth the guy runs. I think Jaden's going to be good. And so what's beautiful is you get a guy like Ollie Gordon that comes in, and has that much talent, has that size, has that speed, mm-hmm. he still has to beat people out to get number one. Yep. Like there's at least three guys. I'll I'll just say, like I'll put Middleton in that mix. Absolutely. There's at least three guys that Ollie needs to beat out. Because yeah. 
Middleton looks good in the spring. I don't know how much he'll play, but he's strong, he's fast, he's physical. So, I mean, you've got Dom at the at the lead. And, and if you read the article from Robert yesterday, Wednesday, yeah, Dom looks good in the spring. Mm-hmm. Now, Dom needs to make that transition. But So, Dominic has a little bit of that Chris Carson thing yeah, where it's don't tippy-toe. Run him over. You're strong. He'll do You're it. You're now in the third year of Body by Glass. Absolutely. Use it. Absolutely. So I, yeah, the running backs, the running backs are one of my, when someone asked me my question three weeks ago, I guess it had been a week or two into spring where, where my question marks lie. I don't question, I don't question uh, Spencer. There's a quarterback. I don't question. Now I'm curious to see where the backup, who the backup's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't question receiver. I certainly don't question defensive line. Uh, I don't, really question the corner because I, I know who the two starters are going to be. Now, can they play as good as 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 uh, Christian Holmes and Jark Bernard? I don't really question safety. There's some question marks, you yeah. know, but and I honestly, I don't really I really don't question the offensive line because it's just a matter of of injury right now. Well, let's talk about that. Where where do you think they will be in the fall? Right now, right now, hard to oh yeah, hard to even get a snap back to the quarterback. But in the fall, let's go left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Oof. What do you think? I don't I know. know. I dropped this one on you. Yeah, I don't know honestly. Um, you think Etienne gets in there? Yeah, I I will say that because he's he struggled last year. Mm-hmm. He hadn't played in a year and a half, two years. But that was because of COVID. You know, JUCOs didn't play, and he was out, and, and then he didn't play last year. But he's he's been in the system for a year. He looks good, um, and he's a, he's a trim three thirty. You know, he's not he's not like funny to say that. Yeah, he's not like a well. He's six seven six. Oh eight. yeah. He doesn't look three thirty. He looks like if you if you saw him, you would think he were two. He looks like Jelani Woods. Kind of kind of. I mean, he's a little bit bigger, but he looks like a Jelani. As the yeah. NFL draft comes up, that's going to be a rough name oh, in the next week for OSU fans. Man, and that's a that's a that's another that's a system thing. That's a schematics thing. I digress. Yep. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll go Caleb Etienne. Uh, you, I mean, you've got your returners. Um, I need to look at it. I don't know why got I always a, got a Cole Birmingham it. in there. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me search by not Jersey. Let's search by position because you'll have. Come on. There we go. All right. We're loading. I don't know why I always blank on. Names are rough for me. There's defensive tackle, down, down kicker, linebacker. Because again, if if you're hearing about an offensive lineman, it's probably not a good reason. Yeah, man, no doubt, no doubt. Holding. Um, you got Hunter Woodard, you know, right guard. Um, I'm curious to see where Preston Wilson plugs in. Uh, Caleb Etienne. I I think Tyrone Weber. You'll see him at a guard. So I'm most likely opposite, right? So you'll give like Caleb Etienne either left or right tackle. You know who his uh, Tyron Rubber. You know who his um, recruiting video. You know, I just I sat there and I watch. I'm always I'm an I'm an equator. Okay, so mm-hmm. this guy looks like this type of player. I saw Sam Mays. I saw Sam Mays opening up the hole for Tatum Bell going 95. That's exactly what I saw. He's nasty, and that's all I hear about the guy. That's what I want my guard to be. I want my guard to be nasty. I want my center to mm-hmm. be nasty. I want my left guard to be nasty. Yeah. If we need if we need two yards, if we need those six yards, we're going right behind those three. 
and those guys will be six yards downfield. Yeah. I think you'll see it's either going to be Mikulski or Preston Wilson, I think, yeah. at center. Yeah. Uh, but I, here's the thing, though, that it's so unpredictable right now because you're bringing in three transfers. I don't know about right. I don't know about Casey Collier because he only played in one game. I think U.S. I think he played in the Washington game. So I don't. I for me, Casey Collier is a wash right now because right. I don't know what he's going to look mm-hmm. like. But when you look at a guy like Jason Brooks who played against SEC offenses, I think he plugs in as a starter mm-hmm. and. Um, He's at least on the two deep because you know how they, I mean, gosh, what do we play? Ten of them? At least. Yeah. Uh, And then the name always escapes me, Sam Houston State, the transfer that they're getting from Sam Houston, right? Um, Let me see. I can can look it up here. Uh, Let me just Google. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a help for you on this one. That's the one that always. Oh, you're going, he's going microphone over the shoulder. This is a nice look. Prince Pines. I think Prince Pines, the transfer from Sam Houston State, mm-hmm. who was at Baylor before, he I think he was all are they the are they AAC Sam Houston State or are they like black? Yeah, they he has a chance to be a nightmare mm-hmm. in the in the Big Twelve. He's six five, three thirty, three thirty five, three forty. Now the only problem is they don't show up till June. Right, they'll get here in June, so that's mm-hmm. why I can't sit here and say, "Well, this guy will plug in or this guy will plug yes. in." But I, I, I can tell you, you'll see my my prediction. You'll see Caleb Etienne, you'll see Tyrone Weber, and you'll see Preston Wilson or uh, 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 Hunter Woodard. Yeah, you'll for sure see those three. And then where do we plug in Prince Pines? Where do, do we where then do we plug in competition. Jason? It, it well, and it's like Gundy said on Monday, they'll have more than twenty five offensive linemen. It's beautiful. Come August. Right now, they Gundy said they don't have 12 to build two offensive lines. That's why they're doing a practice on Saturday. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you're, you're setting it 9, 10, something like that. I don't know, something like that. But those are, they knew that going into the spring. Because four of them had work done that was, you know, well, it's after the season. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get it done. You're going to be out for the spring, but it's not, you know, it's not career ending. They're not right. going to miss next season. They'll be back. Um, and I think he said there, there's a change where coaches can coach over the summer. Right. Before it was all volu- quote-unquote voluntary work. Right. But now I think the coaches can actually Good. coach. So I, I'm not saying the offensive line is going to be better than they were last year because you you know you lose a guy like Danny Goodlefsky who terrible ending to his career. Right. Tragic. Yes. Uh, but then Josh Sills, how he came along. Josh was nasty. Oh, I love um, Josh. So I, I think that with the with the three transfers they're getting, at least two of them are going to fit in really nice. And then you look at the progression that, that Caleb Etienne has made and Tyron Weber. So I, the offensive line will be fine. Now, where are we going to be at, like, August 18th? But yeah. April 21st, the, April 21st, the offensive line will be okay in August. Yeah. So that's a, it's a hell of a look ahead, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Going into everybody should come out to the spring are you, are game. You, are you you gonna be there? I will be there. You're showing up? Yep, both kids. You uh, you expect to learn anything? I'm, <laughs> you better I'm, not say yes. <laughs> I'm really hoping to. I'm really hoping to see. I mean, I feel like every every spring game, everyone comes out and goes, "Okay, who's the who's the backup quarterbacks? You know, what do they look like? Uh, that's that's where your first look of Illingworth kind of came in. Um, 
because he was a he was an early guy too, wasn't he? A couple years ago. Yeah, he yeah. showed up in January. Yeah. So you want to see where the, where those guys are. You always want to see. You know, feel like you always see a wide receiver make uh, athletic play that yeah. you went, "Who's that guy?" Um, you know, uh, Jaden Bray mm-hmm. last spring, two touchdowns, I think. Yeah, two I touchdowns. And so you're seeing stuff like that. You want to see, you know, you want to see Spencer throw spirals. You want to see kind of now what do we look, what does Gunner look mm-hmm. like and all that. And and I've I've said this for years. I would love to see him do a seven-on-seven yeah. tournament with yeah. a winner to get not just a, well, just go run some routes, boys, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's everybody stay healthy. I'm all about staying healthy, obviously. Yeah. But I want, I want this thing turned up, man. Well, that's the fun thing about seven-on-seven. Seven. This is not pads. It's all it's shorts and you know you got the little padded helmet thing right. on, but it's shorts and shorts and shirts. Yeah, you know, and that's, I don't expect to learn a, a a single thing in the spring game because it's not it's just simply a practice. Right. What I what I'm interested in is kind of what you were saying. Like I want to know what Garrett Rangel looks like. Yes. Throwing the ball to. And we're going to come back next week and talk about that. Yeah. Like I I want to know what Ollie Gordon. I don't expect to learn anything because it's spring and you're not going to learn anything. So you and I may not learn a lot. No. Ninety five percent of the people that are in the stands, however many thousand that is, sure, have never seen Ollie Gordon total total rock. Oh, this kid's good. And I'm excited. Most of them probably don't remember Jaden Nixon breaking off a sixty. What game? What game is that in? It was later in was TCU. It, was it? T, yeah, I think it was the end of the TCU game. Yeah, like late third, early fourth. Yeah. I'm not going to learn anything, but I'm excited to see Garrett Rangel throw. Yes, I'm excited to see what Xavier Benson looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Ollie Gordon out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to learn whether or not Ollie Gordon is going to be a starter for the fall. I'm excited to see Tom Hutton spiral a punt. You want to talk about someone gonna, no, who has gotten better happen. during his time here? Yeah, Tom was good last year. You want to you want to hear something crazy from last year? This is since I didn't get to do the uh, end of the season, I get to dump it all on you right mm-hmm. now. So going through going through this team stats, the big thing for Tom Hutton is mm-hmm. the other team doesn't return it, right? Nope. Do you know the other team had more returns on punts than we did last year? Doesn't surprise me. They had twenty. We had eighteen. We didn't punt the ball. They had we, 16 total yards of return on punts. Less than a yard per return for opponents against Tom Hutton. That's where his value is. Everybody, oh, spectacular. Now, am, am I going to sit here and say that whenever his back is in the in the end zone that I wouldn't like? And, and you see, you know, from section 224, you see that guy sitting on the 40 because he knows he's just going to flop one out there. We've seen him in 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 practice. We've seen him in in pregames. Boom! These things, 60, 70 yards. I know for a fact you could put it over this guy's head. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, I but don't. That's he's that's disciplined. A, yeah, and that's what's important. Is you know Tom Hutton catches a lot of grief for the few times he goes out there mm-hmm. to punt. Like if you think about all the times the offense scored last year. Or all the stops the defense made and, and the turnovers and then the quick score. Like, you didn't see Tom a lot last year. And I will 72 say... 72 times, but... Well, yeah, know, but not like... Opponents punted 98 times, so... Yeah, in, in terms of averages, you didn't... See, or in normal years, I guess, you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't really see Tom Hutton a lot. I will say the thing that Oklahoma State should not do is a faux Heisman campaign for the punter. Because you... For Siner, that was amazing. Yeah, but then the drop off you had 
Well, that's Siner's problem. No, I, but it was always you's problem. What are you talking about? It was awful. I, and I loved it. I still I found it in a desk drawer. I still have the Heisman pamphlets he passed out at Big 12 Media Days. Yeah. I'll bring it. I'll, I'll show it to you. It's it's like Microsoft Paint yeah, but to a T. That's, that's, that's Big 12 Media. That's what Big 12 Media oh, Days, I, I feel like, should be, no, especially if you're taking your punter. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like it was, you don't it want was, your punter sitting there going, well, I think we're going to do good on offense this year. But it was, it was a fun thing, and then he dropped off. That'd be kind of like at baseball Big 12 Media Days, taking your middle reliever. He's the guy that kind of hopes the starter doesn't do his job so he can get on the field. OSU should take Tom Hutton to Big 12 Media Days. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They should, they should take nothing but Australians. Alex Hale and, and Alex, and that's it. Ooh. Don't take Spencer. Don't take Dominic Richardson. Uh, don't take, uh, who would it? Don't take Jason Taylor, you know. Yeah. Take Alex Hale and Tom Hutton. There we go. Just specialist. Could, well, would Derek Mason specialist. go instead of Gundy? Just go ahead and. I could see him being there, but just as the entourage. Yeah. And on it, it probably not actually. Yeah. You'll you'll have Gundy, you'll have Shrum, you'll yep. have Weiberg, uh, you'll have Gavin running around, you'll have Kevin Clintworth and Sean, and then a, Darren will be there. What an quickly, what an amazing job Shrum has done. Well, I tell you, she's spectacular. the The fact that she is she's integrated herself into into the university, and you know we we talked about this when like the support that. Not just not just football. Like football is greatly going to benefit from sure. Casey Shrum and, and Chad Weiber. Sure, the job and the support that they've they've given and and done for Mike Gundy in this football pro is, is spectacular. But you look at you know just across the board, you know, and and the fact that she's stopping to give you know someone taking senior pictures, stopping to give her you know you can borrow my orange heels because right. that's what I mean. It's yeah, she's spectacular. You know the and. Did you watch any footage from the Chili Cowboy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> she looked miserable, by the way. She was miserable, but she did it. You know, yes. And that's something that Darren talked about afterwards. He was like, she hates cold. Yeah. She hates being cold. And it was, I don't know why I didn't, didn't realize, but Robert told me that it was going to be, like, I didn't look up anything. Robert right. told me that I needed to go and film it uh -huh. and that it was going to be inside the student union. They lied. It was not inside the student union. I wore jeans. It was chilly. I had a polo shirt, yeah. and I had a short-sleeve uh, baseball warm-up pullover, like a windbreaker pullover. You were the only person colder than I was them. there for an hour. Yo. I was miserable. Yo. Yeah, that was, a, that was one of those beautiful Oklahoma winters, north wind at about 30. It was awful. Oof. It was awful. It was awful. But, but what a great cause that they did that for. It was I mean, a lot of money. Yes, I think it was did. like 20. Chelsea Alexander, was she the one who? Yeah. yeah. Did she come up with the, well, how did that work out? Yeah, it was, it was, that. it was her. Cause I think, I think her brother participates in special Olympics. Okay. And so their family has always been, sure. you know, heavily involved. And, and she, Stillwater and OSU have oh, for years been, yeah, yeah, done a great job. And so with she that. approached, I think she approached Darren Shrum. And the two of them spearheaded to raise money. And that was uh, at halftime of, was it the, wasn't the Tech game, was it? It was a halftime of a basketball game. Okay. You had Aiden Kelly come out, and they presented, like they presented, officially presented the university with a Fiesta Bowl trophy. You had Aiden Kelly and right. a bunch of football players, and he, um, he was an auctioneer, and they auctioned off 
two signed Cowboy script. Hel- well, they auctioned off one Cowboy script helmet that right. was signed by Gundy. Uh, and that was the, f- he was spectacular. Mm-hmm. He's insane. He's like a professional auctioneer. Wow. That's the first time he's ever done that in person, like in front of people. Really? Like he had his parents, he didn't even do it in front of them. So he was like, I've only ever done that in front of a mirror in my bedroom. Oh my gosh. And so the first time he ever did it in public was in front of like 10,000 people. It was spectacular. <laughs> Uh, and I they know how you get ready for that. And, I, I, and he and he kept going. It was like five minutes straight. Yeah. I didn't wow. doing that. That's and it was like four, five, three, three, somewhere between three and five thousand dollars. And awesome. at the end of it, he was like, "You know what? I'll do." Because um, the person had basically won it. They, the other person was done bidding, and he was right. like, "What well, I'll tell you, you know what? If you both give five thousand, you'll both get a helmet." And so he, oh, nice. and then I think that was off the cuff. And so he, I, there was like 10,000 from there. And then they had, uh, I think like a silent auction. And so they raised like, I think it was like $25,000. It was really cool. That was, that, ex, that was is awesome. Ex- yeah. It was a, I mean the, the social media aspect of that. I mean, it got so much publicity, Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah. city, you know, everybody up there. There were a lot of people there too. There were a lot of people, a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time they've done it. So it'll, it'll only grow from there. So really, really looking forward to that. So yeah, man, administration, they've really, Yeah, I think the administration is huge for, Well, and for, it's, for moving forward. And it, it just, it seems like it's all, it's all gelling in the right direction. You're not getting the Gundy versus Holder stuff in the middle of slow weeks, slow no. um, yeah, news I, weeks. I, I guarantee you, you won't, you won't get a controversial quote from Chad Weiberg about Mike <laughs> Gundy. No. I guarantee that no. won't happen. Um, but I mean, you look at it, you know, they're, they're renovating the locker rooms right now, which if you want to know, we have photos on pokersreport.com. I do we, want to go see that. We have photos of what the new locker room could look like, and we have what their lockers look like. That's um, awesome. So they're, they're renovating the locker room. They're, they've renovated. Well, I don't know say renovated. They've redecorated, I guess, uh, the position rooms, the meeting rooms. They have a new recruit lounge. Uh, they're going to redo the field over the summer. Uh, it's a three-year project, but they're going to, you know, they're, they're doing some renovation works to the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, that was announced last month. I mean, this this has all come together within the last, you know, six, seven, eight months. Did you see that? So as you're talking right there, it just sounds like, oh, my gosh, money. Oh, my gosh, money, more money, mm-hmm. which it is. Did you see the article in The Athletic the talking about cost per win? Yeah. And that we were talking about that with Robert before. I think Robert's going to do something on that. Yeah. Because he did something a few years back or something. Right. So The Athletic comes out, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, Athletic comes out with an article that's talking about cost per win and and for example Kansas won X number of games their budget is you know let, let's their their wins cost more eight, than eight million eight million dollars they're right? the number one team in the country because eight million a and win. Oklahoma State was second to last as in lowest most efficient uh, and in this article Gundy is just lauded I mean he is praised you know mm-hmm. they're saying he's he's probably even better than Bill Snyder and Bill Snyder is the standard you know the 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 ultimate yeah the goat at it and uh and yeah Oklahoma State was just at like two point three a little over two yeah I think over. I think West Virginia was was it West Virginia or Kansas State was dead last and then you had Oklahoma State and then yeah. the the uh, whether Kansas State or West Virginia they were within the bottom four bottom five but yeah. Mike what Mike Gundy has done and I'll you know we'll end it here because we we've talked about this before and I've talked about it a lot. Like, I'm not foolish enough to sit here and say that there is not a better coach than Mike Gundy. 
Like Mike Gundy, there are there in will, the nation. Yeah, there will yeah, always yeah. be better. Like except for Nick Saban, there will always be a better coach out there. So like Oklahoma State could hire a better coach. However, there is no better coach for Oklahoma State right now than Mike Gundy. Sure. With what Mike's done in the last 15, 16 years, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that within the first year of his retirement, they'll have a statue outside the stadium. They should. Like, within the year. Right. And he'll be one of the first inducted into the Ring of Honor. Like, Mike Gundy, and, and honestly, I think Mike will be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. 100%. Within 100%. 10 years. How long retire. will the mullet flow be? On the statue outside the stadium. Because do you go... Do you go full on Well, the question. Well, the question is, do you go Coach Gundy or do you do Player Gundy? Uh, I think you have to go Coach. Because even Player Gundy. He was good. I mean, he was really good. Yeah, I think, you're, I think your player statues are... Do you do, a, do you do a Gundy statue as a coach wearing... A Gundy jersey, <laughs> because I think when when no, I think you'd have a tucked in sweater. When I think of Mike tucked Gundy, in hoodie. I don't think that Mike Gundy. I don't think mid two thousands. You know, spiky gelled hair. Right. You know, I I think. And I so there, there's two Mike Gundys I think of, and that's Big Twelve Media Day looking better than every other coach out there. Looking pretty, looking pretty slick, huh? To the nines. Yeah. You should see and my then, person, in like up close and in person. Yeah, I've met him. No, I mean like at oh. Big Twelve Media. Oh, okay, okay. Like when he is comes, there a little bit of an aura, like a little. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And it's it, he's so, like, in in the same in the same breath, he is aloof, and totally dialed in. Right. Like when he sits down at Robert's table, and I'll film it while Robert's interviewing him. Right. He is so aloof to everything that is going around, but he is locked in. Like someone will walk, like some, like Gavin will walk up, and Gundy just kind of like brushes them off yeah and he'll like he'll just do that whole thing and and then he'll get up and then he'll disappear there's nothing better in a in a gundy presser every week than him talking about how he doesn't do social media or he doesn't do this and he doesn't know what the you know this is on tv you know how many follow if mike gundy actually ran his own twitter account do you know how many followers mike gundy would have not the coach gundy twitter account that he doesn't run right the mike gundy twitter account would have millions it would be gold yeah it would be one of the best things out there. That is one that is one thing that I wish the Coach Gundy Twitter account did was a little more on the Mike side. No, uh, no, even a little more on the the rest of the athletic side. When a when a JC Hoyt gets hired, that even sure. t- tweets out whenever sure. softball wins a big a big series. So like Mike Boynton. Oh, Boynton. You know, for everybody around that says to coach at Oklahoma State, you have to be. You have to be an alumni. You got. You got to be one of us. You got to vote. That guy has worked so hard to become. I mean, he is an Oklahoma mm-hmm. State guy. Absolutely. That whenever all these other jobs open up across the nation, across these basketball jobs, I don't even blink at him. Honestly, that and he <laughs> talk about Casey Dunn hasn't had a fair. It didn't have a fair shake for two or three years. Point still hasn't had a fair shake. Well, yeah. and he's and he's young. The more experienced point, like I love Boyne. I, Absolutely. I, I think he's a great coach. He's a great person. Yeah. There are some moments where you kind of, like Casey Dunn, you kind of scratch your head and you're sure. kind of like, I don't know about that decision right there. Sure. I'm not going to say that I would have made the right decision, but the longer he stays, I mean, he's what, 
mid to late thirties now. He's late thirties now. I mean, he's incredibly young. Right. The longer he's a coach, those those decisions will become fewer and fewer. Appreciate you saying still that mid to late thirties is still incredibly young. I'm thirty, dude. Heck yeah. I'm old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> My bones hurt. Well, next time, next time we're gonna okay, we're gonna be hitting the spring. We'll recap what happened in the spring. Absolutely. We are absolutely talking. Baseball and softball. Well, you got a, they are rolling. Well, and you got a real important series with TCU. Oklahoma State nine and three in Big Twelve. TCU ten and five. This uh, there's still four Big Twelve series left, including TCU. Yeah. This this right here could kind of determine the the standings. Like if, it, like if OSU pulls out, if they if they win two or three, then it's OSU's to lose. And I know that baseball is different than football in that you play. Between rankings, you play as many as five, six games. You could. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, it's, is it weird to say that I see or the rankings and I see Oklahoma State as two in some, three in some, and I go, I don't believe it. I'm not, I'm not dogging the, the program. Right. It's just, but then you sometimes watch and the, the game, this, it's a midweek game. You're starting Trevor Martin. I love the fact that they mm-hmm. started Trevor Martin. He didn't have the greatest two innings. Right. But I love the fact that you put him out there. You're telling a guy, you're still our guy. We're going to get you some non-stressed innings. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this from Major League Baseball, playing fantasy baseball, closers and non-safe situations are always brutal. Yeah. But they put a guy out there to just go get innings in a non-stressed situation against against a live, live hitters, live mm-hmm. rounds. It's live ammunition coming. I love that. Yeah. You know, and you're getting those, you know, so everybody sees a five-hour game that you lose 15 to 9 and extra innings. Oh, you know, we're going to drop in the rankings. You really won't because you're going to play this weekend. If you have a good weekend, you're going to stay up there. You got, that's basically the uh, Missouri State type game where you're Mm -hmm. trying to get all your bench guys in there. The guys whose parents flew in for that game, you're getting those guys on the mound. They're throwing one, throwing two innings. The, The game, you know, in the midweek, hard to get a, a read on where your team is. Justin Campbell looks amazing. I mean, folks need to be out there every mm-hmm. Friday night. That place needs to be overflowing to yeah. watch him. He's ain't going to be here forever, people. You still don't know exactly what you're going to get on Saturday and Sunday. That's where I think I'm, I'm a little bit like, are we number two? Are we number three? You know, because number two and number three get to Omaha. Yeah. Well, and they yeah, got work to do. And D1 Baseball, they came out with their – their projections, yes, last night I think. Oh, they have OSU the number four, the number four overall seed. Yeah. So and the, but the the thing about that though, and the thing about you know being ranked number two, being ranked number three, there are still five series left. Yes, sir. Including are. two midweek games. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got Texas, you've got Tech, you got Baylor, you got TCU. Obviously not in that order. And then you've got a, a you've got a, a non-con of fighting four games. I think they play four against Southeastern Missouri. Yeah, I think it's a four-game wow. non-conference series, and I think that's a Thursday through Sunday. I don't think that's a a midweek and then three. I think that's four straight. Wow. So yeah, it's a it's a, and then you've got um, another with Wichita State. That's third third game against Wichita State. And we now have Nolan McLean throwing a hundred. I'm not surprised. Did, did you see that? That cat's a nightmare. Hundred. I couldn't believe they let him pitch with the wrist. Yeah, that wrist cat. Deals on. That cat's but, so good. Now all you need to do is just you know. Limit strikeouts. Yes, that'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that, that he's one. You know, one of those gonna gonna live and die with a with a hard swing. Well, that's baseball anymore. Yeah, 
That's it, with the way with the way major leagues is going. I mean, that's that's baseball anymore nowadays. So, uh, plenty to talk about next week, though. We'll have the spring event to talk about. We'll have uh, really good TCU series to talk about. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit of basketball to talk about. I know that OSU they've been really you know they've been putting out a lot of op- I don't know if offers is the right word um, inquiries with uh, mm-hmm. with some pretty good transfers. Uh, don't I wouldn't worry about transfers because you get Bryce Thompson in May. You don't land Musa till the middle of July. Right. So you got plenty of time to figure all that out. So, uh, but that's going to do it for the Poke Sport Podcast. Again, uh, plenty to talk about next time. But Brian, always fun. Always enjoyed it. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to the next time. But that's going to do it. We will talk to you next time here on PokeReport.com. <laughs>